What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Veil Four Podcast. Perfect. Well, we're back, and we're—it's uh, a—it's uh, a big month, actually. It's a large month. It has it's many, many days. <laughs> not as big as last month, but we're, oh. it's not how how big the month is. It's how you. Use it's it? how how well the month goes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> but we got a, a great show for you today. We're going to be doing something. Uh, that is in tune with Valentine's Day. We figured we would do this episode dedicated to Love Sucks. We tried to think of more clever names, but we're not very clever, apparently. <laughs> so, how are you guys doing? Good, good. How you doing, brother? I'm good. How you doing? Brother? I haven't seen Mike in a little while. It's I been know, a week, right? over yeah. a week. It's been two weeks. Yeah. No, it was actually my anniversary, and I went with my wife. We went downtown. Oh, shit. Well, oh, happy nice. anniversary, oh, man. thanks, dude. But yeah, it was kind of cool. Ate some cool food, went to Haxon. Uh, I actually oh. hung out with Mike Jenny. Oh, oh did you really? Yeah, yeah, nice. But yeah, he was cool. I hung out with him for a bit. And uh, like I said, I'm getting over being sick, so it kind of blew on my anniversary, kind of being iffy. Right. But I'm better now. It's all good. And um, Well, how I, many years? Uh, two. Two. The big two. No, the kidding. big two. <laughs> no, well, congratulations, man. Thank you, dude. What about you, Pat? A Trick. Whole, whole lot oh, sorry. of nothing. Watch a couple movies and play a lot of video games. Yeah. A lot of video games. Yes. <laughs> Sounds busy. We were very busy, very, very busy. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like I've been doing all that much either. I mean, I've been, yeah, I th- I've been doing a lot of stuff for the podcast, just trying to figure out ways that things that we could do. Uh, I'm pretty much, yeah, doing the same stuff Tuesdays, streaming, you know, watching the movies that we need to watch plus more, and then uh, working on some videos and trying to reach people. Been working on. We all been doing. Um, well, I know Patrick has, and Christina has, and I have. But we're doing the Women in Horror Month. Right. I totally liked your pick today. <laughs> I picked Linnea Quigley. She was, uh, I don't know, she's just one of my favorites. And that was for Wednesday of last week for you guys. But if you guys haven't already, you should follow along and try to pick some of your favorites. It's nice. It's like a fun little challenge to like pick out something that maybe resonates with you. And they have like 30 you know, different picks for each day of the week. Huh. So I'm like looking forward to like the director one like behind the lens so they have all these different ones but yeah that's pretty much it i haven't really been doing all that much uh, i watched a couple of movies extra that uh weren't involved in this week's love sucks did you yeah. ever watch that carnage park no i have, still haven't seen that oh dude it's pretty good yeah you liked it oh, i was liked it? it yeah did it you is. just watch it recently yeah just, I well, just tell us about it. it yeah yeah it was a. Uh, it felt very uh tino tarantino-esque i guess okay would be the word for it but um it was kind of generic, but... Sty- stylish and stuff, or right. whatever. Right, it was like kind of cool stylish. Right. stuff. Really? Yeah. 
I, th- at, least I just at the th- beginning there was a little bit of it. It felt like a little bit like at the beginning where it kind of like starts off and then they go back and they tell a little bit of the side story and then they go back to where they pre- presently are. But uh, what's the general thing about it? What is it about? Pretty much like this guy owns this plot of land and he's like an ex-military. They cut like his medical benefits and shit like that so he's just kind of like lost his fucking mind and he, he makes his owns, park well he owns his plot of land and people drive <laughs> through carnage. it sometimes and when they do he snipes out their tires and then fucking makes them go through this whole oh so it's kind of the torture revenge thing kind of yeah huh interesting yeah i've I, I remember seeing some rumblings on twitter and stuff about it I'd seen some good and bad things right. about it, so I didn't really it's not, know. It's not super gory, but the gore that's in there is really good. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's pretty good. The soundtrack was amazing. Yeah? Yeah, I really liked it. A lot of country songs, but some of the scoring was really fucking intense. Well, let me ask you guys this. Since we all have significant others, like, what are you guys planning to do? Or can we even talk about it? Shit. Uh, we could talk about it. Let's talk about Valentine's Day. What do you plan is, on is doing? It, I, you know what? We never make holidays a very big deal, but... You know how it goes. They say they don't care. And then well, they do. They do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know yet, but I'll probably do. I don't want to say because if she listens to the cast, then you know what I mean? Right. No, see, like with my girl, like I have to like, I have to talk to her about it. I can't just make it a surprise. Oh, yeah. Like... Well, she doesn't like surprises either. Christina right. hates them, but. <laughs> but I was thinking about doing something totally like cheesy. Like I was going to take her to the roller skating ring. And then there's this really cool like retro like burger shop downtown phoenix i think it's called lucky boy burger okay and then i was gonna go to the drive-in you nice know. you get a yeah. bang you're gonna no, bang I'm in kidding. the drive-in <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh just kidding kids wear condoms uh <laughs> what about you you guys have any plans uh, no real plans it's probably gonna be something similar to that yeah you know make her dinner and uh maybe uh i need to do more cleaning in the house because it's a wreck right sorry laura but yeah it is and a lot of it's my stuff but uh Mine's a wreck because my fucking dog, he tore up, like, his, he tries to get, like, we got this jack. It's like, you know, if you guys know what jacks are, you throw the jacks on the ground, you bounce the ball, try to pick up jacks. It's like, pick up jacks? What do they call it? Jacks. Yeah, jacks. Yeah. yeah, okay. Anyway, it's shaped like a jack, and in each end is a fucking squeaker and every single piece. So, like, the whole week, he's just been tearing it up and fucking, spr- like, just, just stuffing all over the goddamn floor. <laughs> And it's like, my friends come over, like, God damn, man, your house is a wreck. Like, Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, bro. So I'll probably pick that up. <laughs> hey, if you're going to clean the house, you get those fucking cups off your porch, dude. Oh. Thanks. <laughs> like, I kind of odd. I always look at it when I come over. Yeah. I'm like, that's a cool mug. You should probably wash that and use that. <laughs> that is so weird that he said that. Remember you one time probably, I was over here, I was he, like, he I'll wash angry. them for you. Did he not sound angry a little bit? Like, maybe you should clean up your fucking porch. I don't know, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> God. Fine, Pat, I'll clean it up, all right? Jesus Christ. When I come over to your house, I'm going to pick things out and tell you what to do, all right? All right, do that. All right. Welcome to the house, by the way. <laughs> Fucking dick. <laughs> anyway, guys, I think it's about that time. Oh, my oh God. shit. Horror shots! People outside are like, what the fuck is going on? Who's getting shot? <laughs> yeah. And why is it horrific? Did someone get raped in that house? <laughs> All right, so we decided that we were going to do something, you know, in Ode to the Love Sucks episode and Valentine's Day. 
And so we kind of haphazardly, like every week, come up with a shot, a horror shot that we uh, call Shot Through the Heart. And it's a play on words, clearly, because it's a shot. Yeah. And right? I'm not, I'm not going to sing the lyrics I want to, yeah. but I know we can't. Shot through the heart! I don't know if we can license that. You're too late. I think, I think, I think you can uh, sing it. Because it's like your own version. Oh, and it's not in But tune you just can't. Sucks. Yeah, I, I don't think you could do like the full song. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I never really thought about that. I wonder if that like matters. I don't think some dickhead's like just checking all the pot. You motherfuckers. This one's Bon Jovi's, you son of a bitch. Like that guy needs to get bitch. socked in the mouth. Uh, okay. This is going to be another one that's going to be completely disgusting. <laughs> I really hope I vomit all over the place. So we kind of wanted to have a red theme because, you know, Valentine's Day, hearts, love. Also death and blood. <laughs> that too. Uh, we got 99 black cherries, which is 99 proof. Then we have Admiral Nelson's cherry spiced rum, which sounds risky <laughs> as hell. Then we also have a Mountain Dew kickstart, as in kickstart your heart. This is like '80s themed right here, you know. Like, what is this butt rock episode number twenty-seven? <laughs> and then we have this weird juicy drop liquid candy pen that we're gonna squirt all into it. It's a uh, cherry sour. Use the word squirt. Yeah, I'm gonna squirt it into Make your sure mouth. You rub yeah. it vigorously. Yeah, I'm just gonna squirt it in your mouths while you're shooting. Oh, I'll just squirt it all over your faces. <laughs> All right, let me fucking mix this goddamn shit. So we'll put in the kickstart, because we're going to kickstart this fucking shot. Uh, oh, yeah. Excuse me, guys. Yeah. Get both hands on that. You feel comfortable? <laughs> Dude, if this is bad, this is going to be bad. It's not, it's not going to be bad. We got this juicy drop thing there. All right, so let's smell it. It doesn't smell bad. All right, well, uh, cheers to uh, well, shot through the heart. Yeah. Right. And if I vomit, you're to blame. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Salute. Okay. Ooh. Oh yeah, that's not good. Bop, 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 bop. Ooh. Ooh, that aftertaste, dude. <sighs> that actually wasn't bad. Oh, you're lying. Dude, that aftertaste tastes like... It's horrible. Tastes like ass bottom. <laughs> Maybe I like ass. Ugh. I feel like I, I just drank out of someone's dirty ass shoe. That was like cherry flavored Windex. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's got like a honey, like... <sighs> like, what is that? Maple, yeah. like a maple after... I think you nailed it with that maple, yeah. But it tastes like burnt maple syrup. <laughs> oh, Ugh. yeah, I could see it on a pancake. I should put that in a pancake. Oh my god, that's bad. That's got to be the rum. Yeah, I bet you it's the rum. Yeah, we're not taking any more of that. All right, yeah, but that's really bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you like that, Mike. Well, I didn't say I liked it. I just it was palatable for me. Okay, you, I was, can, you can handle it. Yeah, I, I it just it, I yeah I can handle it. It wasn't good. It smelled se. good. Like I yeah. was like, oh, this smells okay. This is probably gonna be good. So I like went drank it thinking it was gonna be okay. And then when I started tasting it, I was like, ooh. Yeah, and the thing is, I, I probably don't want any more. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's an understatement. I probably kind of don't think I want maybe have some more. <laughs> All right, guys. That's it for horse shots. Right. So, Mike, you 
said you had something very important to tell us. Yeah, let me the time. It's uh, oh fuck you o'clock. Now it's the news. Here is the fucking news. One thing we mentioned earlier that this this I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but. Uh, uh, they dropped the uh, Friday the 13th reboot. And World War Z 2. And, and was it a reboot or was it just a, a sequel? It was a... Se- um, no, it wasn't a sequel. It was a, like a reboot remake. Okay. What? Yeah. The Friday the 13th. Oh, Friday the 13th. What, what the fucked up thing is, is that they were talking about casting literally days before they pulled it. Right. Damn. Well, I remember reading the news where they were contracting, I forget which special effects company it was, to make the mask. Probably K&B. It's so weird, though. We're all like, eh, it's not going to be as good as the original. There's those people. And then you got the other people who are like, well, I still like the series. I would like to see Jason. And then you got the people who are like, fuck remakes! You know, like, whatever. Like, there's this whole group. But we all had this little element of, like, can it really go bad? Right. Like, is it going to go bad? Because there's some bad Jason movies. I, yeah, I, I'm the kind of person that doesn't mind remakes or reboots. It's, right. Well, I, I just mean, want to be a part of that universe. I'm indifferent. Again. I'm like, prove me wrong. Right. Right. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And even if it does suck, I still somewhat enjoy being there again. You, you know can't what I mean? just hate remakes as a whole because if you do, then you're like negating like Dawn of the Dead, The Blob, right. like all these other movies that have some validity to it, and it's still nice to be in that universe. Yeah. I even actually didn't even mind the prequel for the thing, which was bad, and I'll admit it. It wasn't, but I like being in that universe. And I wouldn't it, say it was horrible. It, I mean, it, I like it, the way it fits together. It's with, not as good as the thing, but no, nothing ever will be. No, yeah. you know what I mean. Like no prequel, no sequel, no nothing is right. ever going to be as good as that. But are there any movies like that? No, there really isn't. I'm reading here. It says Deadline actually reported that World War Z two is not happening on June 9th. The only thing we know for sure behind Friday's latest delay is that maybe, just maybe, Crazy Ralph was right. It's got the death curse. So, I I don't know, meaning pull means it's not coming out, but it's been shelved. Whatever inevitable, inevitable future it has. Honestly, I mean, in some respects, it's like, did we really need another one? No. Yes. We don't need one. We have like a whole fucking series of fucking movies that are. Well, yeah, but this uh, to me, this one was should have been the grandiose, the the end all be all. If they were gonna make one more, this one needed to be it because it, it was, was the thirteenth movie. Well, when they were reporting about the casting, they were talking about getting the casting for the mom, right? And like all this other bullshit. So it was like, and this was just days before. But yeah, I mean that's that, guys. What could they possibly do wrong with the franchise? Well, from th- this point. Well, maybe they they might be waiting till the video game launches to get a little steam <laughs> behind it. Maybe. Well, the video game might be helping the movie. Right. That's what at I'm this saying. Point. Yeah. Right. I don't know about that. In other news, on February seventh, they did talk about Mia Goth, who says that the new Suspiria isn't necessarily a remake, and it will be superior and visually stunning. That's what I was about to say. As long as it's <clears throat> visually stunning. And it's doing something a little bit out of the box. Right. And you're going the right direction. Well, she had some words to say about it. And she said, well, 
that bloody disgusting asked them in regards to the upcoming Suspiria remake, is there anything you can tell us about Luca's approach to witches and witchcraft as opposed to Dario Argento's? And she said, Mia Goth. Well, what I can say about it is that I think people are going to be really pleasantly surprised to realize that it's really not a remake at all. I think people are going to be shocked. It's a nod of the hat to Dario Argento and his version of Suspiria, but we really do take it in a completely different place. Bloody Disgusting further asked, how so? She said, well, if I say that, then I think I'm going to be giving a lot away. But like Luca's got a real eye for aesthetic. Like he's a really tasty person. Like he really knows what he wants. And I think it's going to be visually stunning. I really think that as long as, like you said, if it's going to be visually stunning, I think the music needs to complement that, too, just like it did in the first movie. Well, we already know that it's going to take place in a dance studio, like a like a school. Right. So it follows the same sort of elements. But what I think when she says it's not necessarily a remake, what I think in my mind, it's a remake, but it takes it in a new direction. Kind of like, um, how do I explain this? Like Old Boy did. Okay. okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Old Boy, the remake. Or Although the, it, it was like a yeah, it was like a remake, Americanized version, whatever you want to call it. It didn't. It didn't take it too far away from the actual movie, though. It's pretty much a oh, shot no. for shot remake. It took it further. That's what I'm saying. It's going to take the story further <clears throat> than it did before. But visual hearing that is visually stunning. I mean, she's paid to promote this shit, so we don't know. We got to right. take we got to take it with a grain of salt. Another thing that we wanted to kind of bring up and talk about a little bit was the new teaser trailer for season two of Stranger Things. Season two. What did you guys think about that? Since it's just aired, it aired during the Super Bowl, which is big money, by the way. It, it look, I mean, it didn't give you too much to really sink into, but it it, it was it got me on the edge of my seat, and I'm 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 ready to watch it. Well, like now, <laughs> and if you guys haven't seen the fucking trailer, I mean, I. I don't really feel bad about spoiling anything when it comes to a trailer because if you're a fan, you've probably already seen that shit. Right. But if you haven't, there's a link below. You can check that out. But at the end of the fucking teaser trailer, they show this large, crazy fucking War of the World style fucking aphid yeah. or what the fuck uh, was I don't, that it, thing? It looked like a Lovecraftian type creature to me. Right. And it and almost I was like in the in my mind I was like oh thank God yes they're taking it there like like this is amazing. <laughs> But in the same respect, I was also like, what if that's just a dream sequence? It, it could be. It could be. Like someone's having a vision. Right. Or something crazy. And it, maybe maybe it ends up that way, and that's when we go into the third season. That thing really reminded me of, that creature reminded me of the, the things from um, Half-Life. Oh, uh, a little bit. It kind of looks like one of those like early beginning creatures of evolution or whatever. I forget what they call it. It's like an amoeba or something? I can't remember what it's called. I sound like an idiot right now, but whatever. <laughs> That's exactly what came to my head, too. It's not amoeba. an amoeba. Amoeba doesn't have arms like that. I've, have you ever seen the movie Evolution? Evolution with David Duchovny? They talk oh, about dude. that creature, <laughs> the great. most basic creature. Didn't they end up killing grows... it with like fucking Selsun Blue or some shit? Yeah, something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> But yeah, if you guys are excited about that, sign off in the comments. It would be great to hear what your thoughts about it. Are you excited about it? Are you kind of complacent? Like, how do you feel about the new season? Yeah, I think for me, like, uh, I was not overly blown away by the first season. Neither was I. I mean, I liked it. I yeah. loved the. I loved. I. It's like I. People thought I was like talking shit about it when we first started our podcast. We were talking about it. Okay. And and I was just not blown away as everybody else was. 
it's not that I was blown away. I think I was just more in love with the aesthetic feel of it. Well, yeah, and it, this is the weird fine line of people's interests. It's funny to me because like everybody will ban and curse a movie for being like something else, but then this this show does something that borrows from literally everything from yeah. the eighties, and then is like hailed as like the king of. And again, I'm not trying to put the show down. I think it's great. I love the music. I love the aesthetics. I love the, I love the the. I mean, I don't know. I felt like the creature was just too much. Yeah. Like they showed too much of it towards the end, and kind of lost its luster and a in mystery. You know right. what I mean? Like, I'm always a big believer in that. It's always good to leave stuff to your imagination because was, your imagination is going to take something and it, run. It with really it. is a good show. It's an eight, no matter what. Anybody who goes lower than an eight is an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's what I mean. Like, for right? Sure. You know, like it's it's not that bad. But I just I felt like it just was stand, something was standing in the way of it from being like a ten. Hmm. So hopefully, season two will be a nine or a ten. <clears throat> yeah, cross your fingers, man. Right. Speaking of Netflix and shows... Oh, dude, this is going to be cool. Apparently, there is going to be a Castlevania animated series um, that is going to be coming out. Season 1, Part 1 is headed to streaming service this year on Netflix. And you remember... They say here that you may remember that producer Adi Shankar from Dread recently teased that he was working on an animated adaptation of one of the world's most famous video games of the last 30 years. And as we suspected, he was referring to Castlevania. Now, I'm reading this on Bloody Disgusting, guys, so if you're interested in checking out the story, you can check that below. Netflix has stated, and this is directly from their press site, inspired by the classic video game series, Castlevania, quote-unquote, is a dark medieval fantasy following the surviving member of the disgraced Belmont clan trying to save Eastern Europe from extinction at the hand of Vlad Dracula himself. The animated series is from Frederator Studios, a WoW Unlimited Media Company, written by best-selling author and comic book icon Warren Ellis and executive produced by Warren Ellis, Kevin Cold, Fred Siebert, and Adi Shankar. Which, uh, guys, if you don't know who fucking Warren Ellis is, you need to figure it out. Because I'm telling you right now, this guy is like, I'm sure there's people out there that will argue and debate with me, but I really think Warren Ellis is one of the most refreshing things in comics that have ever come out. Because he has put a whole, he bre- he breathed a whole new life into comics that I had forgotten about. We'll, look, we'll rattle off a couple for these people. Transmetropolitan right off the bat. One of the best fucking comic books I've ever read. It was not only fun and interesting and quirky, it was just like mi- mirroring the t- current times at the time with George W. Bush and like Kerry, or uh, uh, Senator Kerry. Oh yeah, uh, and it was just it just it just made me think at that time when I was reading it, I was like, oh my god, this is exactly. And he had written it years a uh, years before. Wow. And it was just so good, man. Like I could not put. The, I read the entire series in literally like a month. Did, but I don't mean to throw you off, but do you remember how many were in that series? Oh, I bought a lot. All the um, what do you call it? Um, graphic novel. Graphic novels. Yeah. They have omnibuses out now, but they only have like one and two, I think. They haven't put the third one out. I don't know what the fuck they're waiting on. Mm. I sold off all my graphic novels when I was hurting, but 
honestly, Transmetropolitan is amazing. And if they're doing Castlevania as an animated series, and I know a couple people that were like, eh, animated, really? No, guys, this is going to be not just violent. It's going to be super violent. So apparently, I mean, if you've, if you've ever read any of the Transmetropolitan comics, just those alone, which are some of the best stuff a lot of comic book readers love, it's ultra-violent. Well, to make Castlevania what it needs to be, I think you need to go animate it, because right. otherwise you're going to be spending money out the ass. Well, and if he's producing it and he wrote it, I definitely think there's going to be some pretty crazy shit in there. Oh, for sure. And I don't think that... I'm kind of glad that they didn't try to make it out of a TV show, because I guarantee you that would have cost a lot more money. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. When you make something live action like that, you really need the production value of it, or else it's just going to lose its luster. And it's... Yeah, I think the acting was going to probably end up being shit, and it wasn't going to be up to par. But if this does well, guys, and if you guys support it and watch it and talk about it and, you know... I have a feeling that this could be the stepping stone towards either an animated Transmetropolitan from Warren Ellis or a full live action TV show or movie. And my God, is that book or those books amazing? Like it really it it was the single handed reason why I got back into comics. Really? Because I'd stopped reading them for like 10 years. And I was just like, yeah, it's just not my thing. I'm not into superheroes like that anymore. And I read this, and it was so intellectual, so, like, it was kind of a cross between Hunter S. Thompson and, like, futuristic, like, Blade Runner. Nice. But my hope is, if this Castlevania thing is as cool as it sounds, that that will happen somehow. Also, uh, another thing that we wanted to talk about, last thing that we wanted to talk about, was the new Leatherface movie which is uh, directors Alexandre Bustillo and Julian Mari, who did the movies Inside, which is one of my favorite fucking torture, revenge, brutal fucking movies. But apparently, we will meet Sally and Franklin's father in Leatherface. And this is, I'm reading from uh, Bloody Disgusting here. One of the cool things about Texas Chainsaw 3D, which most fans hated, is that it was built upon Toby Hooper's original film, the entire opening sequence took place directly after the events of the terrifying 1974 classic, adding some new mythology to one of the most iconic horror movies of all time. It then jumped ahead several decades, but goddamn was that opening scene cool. Presumably set for release sometime this year, the upcoming Leatherface will again bring some new mythology to the table, telling Leatherface's origin, origin story. So, in the prequel to Toby Hooper's original, Leatherface is a teenager who escapes from a mental hospital, and we can only assume we will find out why he started wearing flesh masks and how the chainsaw became his weapon of choice. I'm actually kind of excited about this movie now. What do you guys think? I'm always down for more Leatherface, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I just like being in that universe You again. haven't seen Inside, though. No, I haven't seen it yet. They did this movie called Inside. It is one of the most brutal fucking movies ever. And I love it. It's so fucking great. Like, I don't know what it is about that movie, but I just love that movie. I watch it every year, sometimes twice a year, because it's it's one of my favorite, like, gore, attack, revenge, stalk and slash. It's got a mix of everything. And it all deals with a pregnant woman, which makes it even more, like, intense. Right. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just, it's just, it's not the most beautiful. I don't know. It's great. I just think it's a good movie. And if he does just half of what that movie is in Leatherface, 
I'll be fucking tickled fucking pink. How can you be mad when it's those guys attached? But that's it for the news. That's it for the news. So now uh, we're going to go ahead and do our segment called The Grave Plots. This is fantastic. And if you don't know what this is, guys, we've been trying to push this like a fucking pound of cocaine. Um, selling it to all your kids. Um, <laughs> you a line of it? Not really, but... <laughs> Candy's dandy. <laughs> if you're not sure what Grave Plots is, we basically take some random names that we put into a cup, and then we pull one out and decide to make up the plot for this made-up story on the spot. We're going to go ahead and start the Grave Plots right now. So just for fun, guys, what we've decided to do so that we would make this fair and as random as possible, we decided, or I decided, and they begrudgingly <laughs> went along with, is to write 10 numbers on 10 pieces of papers, 1 through 10, and then one of us just draws a number after we say what number allowed that we want, and then that person picks the name of the title. The random title. So, what do you? What's your number? Uh, I'll do a six. Why don't we just all pull a number? Who gets the highest number? Oh, all right. Pulls it. Okay, cool. That works. And I'm opening. I got a two, three. Oh, a ten. Damn. So Mike pulls the cumber. The cumber. <laughs> pull out. You want me to pull out my cucumber? <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. So Mike's gonna pull the fucking. Okay. So you guys can hear it. And get a visual. We're probably going to get a see and say thing for a contest. So if oh, you yeah. guys have uh, a Grave Plots movie title that you want us to, to pick, give it to us. We already have a few entries now. And we're going to do a contest once we have enough to fill a see and say. And then we're going to spin the fucking farmer thing and <laughs> make him pick whatever it is. Okay, let's see. What do you got oh, there, buddy? Be one of mine. What do you got, man? A little piece of paper I'm unraveling. Ooh, I like it. It's nice. Yeah, I don't think this is mine. This is one of mine. Oh, this might be okay. It's called Test Tube. Test Tube? Okay. You know, like Test Tube, like a science shit? Okay, so this is one of yours, so me and Pat get to kick it off. All right. Yeah. So the first thing that I think of when I hear Test Tube is a clone baby. Obviously. Right? Obviously, But we've we've got the movie Morgan... That came out, so we don't want to be too. But I think they tried to splice like human DNA with like a robot. So what could we do differently with a DNA, with a clone or something? How do you splice DNA with a robot? I don't know. They sent. Oh, they put nano technology or something in her. Oh, okay. So they like somehow. I don't know. I think. What about something with? Uh... No. You gotta oh, let sorry. us. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Well, first let's set the basis. Are we gonna go? Are we gonna go middle of the road? Or are we gonna go dark comedy? Are we gonna go? Uh, we'll figure that out as we go. We got to get the premise. It'll come to us. You don't want to think a whole thing. Just right, right, right. Shoot so, out ideas. Test tube. I think of as like 
okay, maybe they come up with some virus or they come up with some sort of uh, chemical or right. They... So maybe it's kind of like an outbreak kind of thing. Okay, maybe they they're trying to discover this cure for something in Africa or wherever. Okay, and it's in the what do they call those things where they spin the blood to separate? Uh... Oh, I forget what they're called. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about, but yeah. Like one breaks. Uh, okay, so gra- we got to gravitron. Think, we got to think of a new disease. <laughs> gravitron, like at the fucking the park. <laughs> yeah, they shut up large tubes inside of there, and it just spins. Uh, <laughs> so okay, so we got to come up with a new disease that affects something and something unique. So something different that hasn't been done. Can't be necessarily a zombie. It can't. So it can't be your brains. Well, it could be a zombie, but like, like, hey, you know how Jake West did the one where it only affects women, right? You know what I mean. It's got to be something different. We don't need maybe it. it affects somebody that has like maybe. Um... I keep thinking along the lines of like, uh, I don't know what the specifics of the background is, but I'm thinking like uh, stem cell research stuff. Okay, and uh, the, you create some sort of like a basket case style monster. Okay. You know, so it's like a monster type of flick. Like that, Splice or something? Not really Splice. I think of some sort of mutant or some sort of really fucked up kind of thing that comes out of a lab that was created and grown in, and originally in a test tube. Hmm. I don't know where where or why, but I keep seeing the I, – I, I know stem cell research, and then I see like – because there's a thing. It's um, It's like the dangers of science kind of a thing Okay. with some science fiction and horror. And I kind of see dangers of science, cautionary tale. Like if you fuck with science too much, it'll fuck with you back. Okay. I, I don't know where to go with that, but that's what's. Where no, my I mean that's at. not a bad idea. They're doing stem cell research, which is involving what, Mike? Uh, I don't know. It's um, trying to cure cancer because yeah. they're already using stem cells. I read something uh, to try to replace other cells. Well, yeah, in a way. I mean, I read. I was going to say I read something on Reddit earlier today or yesterday. Where they had a guy who was like paralyzed from the waist down or something, and mm. they helped to restore his to be able to walk again. Yeah, with stem cells. I heard they also been I saw doing a lot too. of research with cuttlefish. Hmm. It's so unique. It's in DNA. I kind of like the stem cell research because it it has a has one foot in reality because people do do that, and it's I don't it's not legal right right now. We can't do that. Only in other countries. Okay. Because if it's illegal here in the States, that kind of makes it work because all the study that they're doing on the film is like underground, you know, uh, funded illegally and stuff like that because they can't openly do it. So they're like trying to fix people who have issues. It lays dormant, whatever this thing is that they, with stem cell research or something. So if it lays dormant, what's the thing that triggers it? I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. It lays dormant for a period of time and then... It causes people to mutate. Yeah, don't we have certain uh, uh, DNA that they don't? It's just there, but we don't know technically what it's what used it for. does. Yeah. So maybe it's it's activating some form of DNA, some form of uh, uh, primal, yeah, DNA that we have has just laid dormant for many, many, many millions of years. Yeah, and somehow it starts to mutate, and that these these. Um, like these, like it becomes a very popular thing. So, so this will be set in the future, maybe. Okay. So they're doing stem cell research. They find some anomalies, but they don't think anything of it. Fast forward years later, everybody's getting stem cell shit now. All of a sudden, mm. and 
all the people that got it early on are starting to get affected. Like, there's a lot of people. Like, people are getting, like, this done to fix stupid shit now. It's so popularly Like, they change their, like, eye color or their hair color. Right, something something different, like, you know what I mean? And, and, and now it starts to mutate people and into some sort of primal thing. Uh, hmm. Well, maybe it, oh, it no, mutates ahead, ahead. us to, like... I don't want to say primal because right. I want it to feel almost otherworldly. Yeah, that, that's exactly where I was going with yeah. this. I mean, you've heard the theory of like we were put here by aliens, right? And we were made from their DNA. Maybe we uh, turn into them, or a a, a a form of that. Or what if it's just unstable? Right, right, right. All like, it wouldn't be perfect, but it would be trying to switch back to that. What if it just becomes like people just become mush? Well, they're so scary like, about that. No, no, no. Like, some people become mush. Some people, like, transform into, like, mutated creatures. Okay. But they revert somehow. Well, uh, what I was going to bring up, I don't remember the name of the episode, but there's a Star Trek The Next Generation, Next Generation episode mm-hmm. uh, where they get some sort of virus that makes people regress to certain earlier states of, of evolution. Kind of like altered states in a way. In a way. Like, uh, Deanna Troy changes into, like, a fish. And Worf changes into like this weird, crazy like creature. Uh, one one guy I think changes into a spider. So whatever pieces of weird DNA they have, the virus changes them regressively into that creature. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. No, it's no, kind no, of a yeah. cool Concept. Yeah, kind of. Like I kind of like the fact where it would turn into like a um, like an epidemic where these people. Not, I don't want to say like H.P. Lovecraft's like Dagon. But I kind of like oh, the idea yeah. where it's like you don't know what's going to happen. It makes the DNA unstable. It causes a chain reaction. It's a chain reaction that we don't see necessarily oh, right away. I got another idea. What if it's like, and this is just me being totally crazy. Okay. What if it uh, it takes on the adaptation of some DNA that you've come in contact with? Hmm. So like if you touched a frog, like a chameleon almost does. Yeah, like if if it's adapt, like if you touch a frog, it it takes on the adaptation of a frog. If you touch a spider, you adapt the spider's DNA. That's not bad. I, no, I, I although, like that. I kind of like that it's foreign though. Okay. Because or, then you can kind of go anywhere with it instead of like as acute as that. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? No, but both is cool. I mean, if if you're going with the concept of that we're actually aliens, and then the. Uh, the stem cell stuff regresses us back into our true alien form. That's cool as well. Right. Well, maybe, okay, so that happens, right? Maybe we digress or evolve into this alien state. Maybe the people who created us come back and have to fight us off to preserve the planet. Maybe. That's it's a bit forward, too forward. I, don't th- I think we need to get the base thing down first. Right, right, right. Then we'll figure that part out. Uh, I'm thinking... That the the DNA chain has now become unstable, and that it's morphing with thought almost. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it's in some form of like, some form of flux or something. Yes. Okay. Like almost like it is connected somehow with our thoughts, Medulla? and so that we can become oh pretty much anything that we think of. But because our thoughts are all over the place, it causes the DNA to just change rapidly. And some people like when they're having a bad day, just like turn into fucking monstrosities yeah i just i would like to see like an epidemic where some people who the people who the few people that didn't get stem cell research or didn't need it are the ones that are left 
while everybody else is morphing and changing. Like one, I think of H.P. Lovecraft, like one of the people turns into this beast and just like eats their children and like wreaks havoc in their house. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I can see somebody else like uh, even like turning it like you said, mush, some sort of weird malleable That's what I'm saying, yeah. concept that they mold with like another person, and you kind of like stuff you might see in um, uh, James Gunn's Slither. Sure. You know, where, like, you walk into a room and there's, like, two people meshed together, like, in the corner. Right. And, like, a blob, and they, they're, they like, in... I like that. I like that whole idea. It kind of reminds me of, like, Phantoms or H.P. Uh, oh. Lovecraft. Yeah. Did you, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. I read the book and watched Phantoms. Yeah. Um, but I kind of like that oozy darkness. Slimy. Yeah. Like, I feel like it could be something that turns the skin black. Mm-hmm. People start getting darker. They start slurring their words and not talking right and start... Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know... I still like the idea of, like, the thought process. Like, whether what you're feeling... Yeah, you don't find that out till later. Right. You know what I mean? If at all. But that's essentially what's happening. Because now I got this idea in my head where it's like the thing. Where it's like, it's never one thing. Well, there thing. you go. It's that's, always... That's another thing I like is the thing. Uh, phantoms... Um, any of those like crazy like the blob like I think of all that shit when I think of this, like it changes us to a primal state, but we're able to control it somehow. And maybe there's like one of the guys that's like a good guy is able to how control to it. it. Yeah, right. he knows how to master it. But while all this chaos is happening, do you know what I mean? And most, maybe like most people just go for their primal urge because they don't know how to control it. Maybe part of their primal urge is to mate, and when they mate, they become one. And right. so the whole populace just becomes one big mass. And that one guy that you're talking about maybe is the, the well, hero. Well, I don't want to say one whole mass. I think large groups. Maybe, yeah, like large groups. <laughs> a bunch of orgies. Yeah, and I just it kind of reminds me of society if you're, if you're talking that way. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? No, 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 for sure. Where they do the... But maybe, maybe it's something like when they... Uh, if you have two different entities that are uh, regressing but in flux, and when they mate, whatever they create can't flux. Right. It kind of solidifies the the genome or whatever for that creature. Hmm. So who are the characters? How are we going to start this off? Like, let's let's figure that out real quick. So we got a scientist that yeah. works in a science lab. Sure. Something goes awry, like, early on. But then in, fast forward into the future, everybody's getting stem cell fucking everything. Like, it's literally like a fast food drive-in kind of thing in the future. Oh. <clears throat> or just an alternate reality. <clears throat> Maybe... Like I was saying, like, you know, cuttlefish, I, I hate to go back to it, but... No, no, you're fine. It, it, it's a big part of research right now. So maybe they are working with stem cells, and somehow they mix cuttles, cuttlefish DNA in with the stem cells. But do you know how cuttlefish actually actually actively works with that? Because otherwise... Well, cuttlefish in the can dark. change their, their whole body to anything they want. Any okay. color, any shape, whatever. Hmm. I was thinking something along the lines of like, uh, like let's say there's a scientist guy that leads the stem cell research, okay. and back in the day before we go into the future, before all this shit goes down, he's hailed as like a, um, like a pioneer. Like everybody likes the guy. Like oh, he's so awesome. Right. But then he's fast- like a cult leader secretly or something. Well, I don't want to say a cult leader, but he's like they, people are just like, dude, this guy's a genius. He's the new Steve Jobs. Right. You know. No, and- don't say that. <laughs> Steve Jobs is not a genius. He's just a master manipulator. I know. I'll he's get- a marketing master. I'll, I'll give you that. Please but don't you, do that. You know. You know what I'm talking about, though. 
He's the guy who packages it up and like he's like, hey, look at this. This is a nice clean yeah, box. Sales is good and it takes tests. So I I don't want to get too far into it, but yeah. No, but I, I, I agree Steve with you Jobs, a thousand percent, man. But I'm just saying like everybody likes him. They think he's awesome because of what he could do with stem cells. And they're like cheering in the streets. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. You know, we fast forward to the future. And once all the shit goes down and people start mutating, people look at him as an enemy. So this this thirty years into the future, yeah, in the future. So now this guy who used to be a he's got like a dark secret though. He, he could like he knows. It's almost like the guy who created the atom bomb. Do you know what I mean? Like he just Oppenheimer. Like, oh, well, uh, but yeah, I know. Well, what I'm getting at is like you know, in the past he's hailed as a hero because of his research. Right. In the future, when shit goes down, people hate him and he becomes an enemy. Right. So he's this. If it's going to be like post-apocalyptic well, or all these crazy creatures, he's trying to hide from society because if they find him, they'll lynch him. And does he does he treat everybody that has this stem cell research as a uh, like he treats everybody that has all these problems as like an evol- evolved race? Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, that like, could be that. That's interesting. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like he sees it because he to some degree sees it as the next evolution and right. Exactly. That's, that's kind of interesting. No, that's really cool. A good guy, but then he's perceived as a bad guy. But maybe towards the end, he realizes that either what he did was correct because he realized that he created the next evolution of man. Right. Or he created an abomination and he killed the human race. What if it's uh, the scientist who is a young scientist, hot news scientist on the scene. 30 years later, everybody's using stem cell. And it goes badly at this time. But his son... Who is now older now, but he's young. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? He's like 30, whatever, 35. And his dad is like 60 or whatever the fuck it is. You know what I mean? He's an old guy and he's thought of this savior and his son has to actually fight against him. Or I may be ste- stepping back a couple steps here, but okay. maybe the whole reason for this whole experiment is that there's a new epidemic. And this guy is in the forefront of the research on how to cure it. Who? And so he come the scientist. Oh, that's I think I know. Yeah, keep going, but I got an idea on that. So he's developed. He he's one of the only ones so wait, to come close he, to even curing this. Let's thing. give the first scientist a name so we know references here. Let's I, call I'm, him Steve. Steve, fine. Doctor Steve. Doctor Steve. Okay, so the so, guy that came up with the stem cell research that everybody's using now, thirty years later. Okay. It, yeah. Oh, it would be Doctor like Stevenson for the last Stevenson, name. Stevenson, sure, yeah, sure, whatever. So this guy is probably in the you know the, so Stevenson Doctor Stevenson Doctor Stevenson is in like the head of his career. He's At what the time? One frame? Actually Thirty developed. years later? No, this is when it first when they first developed this cure for this whatever this disease that's plaguing the earth. Okay. And so he's the only one that's come even remotely close to curing this, but it's not completely curable. But he's the only one that to make a cure that's maybe still able to withstand life and still. Well, this whole research is the cure. Right. So for maybe, everything. So maybe they cure it, but he noticed there's an anomaly in it. That's what I was saying. But the drug pushers tell him to ignore that so they can just get the drug Exactly. Out. Well, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's a typical corporate thing. Right. Because they corporatize the science. Exactly. Because they know that they can make money off of it. And it's a, it's a quick cure-all. But he knows there's an anomaly. And that's what I was saying. He's like the guy that made the atom bomb. He's like, oh, my God, what did I make? Oh, yeah. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, and what I was thinking, too, is, like, let's say we go back to it being, like, let's say, and, like, this is kind of stepping back a bit before, like, let's say the Earth gets this obscure virus, maybe, 
and it's we don't know it yet, but it's an alien virus. Right. And well, that's he, what I'm saying. Yeah, people are getting sick, and he creates the stem cell research From to that. cure the virus, right. but really it just exacerbates the uh, the virus. It makes that, the DNA chain unstable. Maybe uh, yeah. it unlocks that last chain of the DNA, like we were saying. Right, where they can heal themselves and shit like that, certain ways. Okay. And, and I still like the idea of what you were saying, where like when when the, once they combined and mutate to this new thing that that's their last step of evolution. Well, I, I kind of like the fact where he thinks, I don't know, maybe it's too far into the story, but I kind of like where he thinks that this is like the next step of evolution. So it's either that or he's feels guilty for what he started. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the two. And maybe like you were saying, he, like the one guy who can actually control it, he knows how to do that. Maybe he's figured out a way to perf- perfect this serum. Well, they're starting to see the anomalies. He goes into the science to get checked up, the science institute that's doing it, the corporate company. Right. The the fucking, you know, fixyourlife.com, whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, fucking, he goes in there, and he's able to, like, move things with his mind. And he's able to, um, his hand starts having waves and shit in it. Like, they can see, like, it physically moves his hand. And he's hmm. able to, like, reach further than than he's supposed to and they start to realize this uh while other people are like coming apart and they're secretly trying to cover all this up like you were mentioning either he feels sorry for what he did or he's okay with it because he sees it as evolution right it it might be kind of a cool concept he really does believe that it's the next level of evolution and he and he believes it so much that when these creatures that he's created start killing and doing all this fucked up shit that he just steps aside and just watches them kill objectively because he knows he calls how it, he he considers it a natural yeah, selection. Natural selection. Yeah. So he just knows, like, rather than like, I imagine a scene where like he has a chance to save like a family, but he doesn't. He just steps aside and watches his creatures like devour them, because he 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 knows that he created the next level of humans. And may, maybe he. How is he observing this now? I don't know. I just. I think at first he's guilty. He feels guilty for it, but then he meets a few that are like highly evolved, and he's just like. Really, he starts to realize, and maybe they somehow infect him, and he becomes part of that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? So That's like, why maybe he becomes more sympathetic. Because exactly, gets- because now he's changing, and he's tried to cover it up. Scientist comes up with this new stem cell research that, or some sort of thing that co- causes the DNA structure to basically heal itself and like fix certain things on people's bodies. Everything seems hunky dory for about 20, 30 years. Suddenly things start to go bad. He saw, he saw an anomaly in the research ahead of time, but the corporate company that he was getting paid by was either going to take him out of his own project uh, while he desperately tried to fix it, or he got to work on it. Right. You know what I mean? So, or they were going to kill him because he's got this fucking golden idea that they were going to charge, you know, basically charge people the cost of a home to, you know, or like you pay certain amounts. He comes up with this research. He basically realizes there's some sort of anomaly, but kind of turns a blind eye to it. 30 years later, everybody's using this research and they're making bank off of it. These corporations are. And people are basically mortgaging out their health. Do you know what I mean? Like they're actually paying for fucking their health like they would a house. So they're paying like $600 a month. Kind of like a repo man. 
Yeah, very similar to that, but in a different way. Okay. Yeah, and maybe it's not even just their it's, health. Maybe it's, it's the like, cure-all. Maybe it's just custom stuff, like we were mentioning earlier. Right. They want to change your eye color, change the color of your skin, get a different nose. Right. They, they have lower lower tier items. Yeah. You can get the cure-all, or you can get this, I want to walk faster, or I want my legs back, or I, I want to be, you know. I want a huge cock. Yeah. So medication is now, they've basically taken over the pharma companies now at this point. Is that too much? No, oh. I can I can see that in a futuristic society where uh, your medical I mean you have your medical needs, but all the aesthetic stuff is like uh, uh, elective surgery, right? You know, but and, you and you have to mortgage it out because it's, it's so fucking expensive. expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're making so much money off of this. Like even it gets to the point where like parents are like going in to pick their baby's hair color and their eye color before they're even born. I don't know of. if I like the eye color thing, but I mean, I think you can get tweaks. Like I don't want to get into specifics too much. Yeah, but I like the idea of like it it curing them looking to cure disease and then also using it to do. Um, cosmetic stuff that's right cool. sure because then it then everybody has it and it's yeah. it's easily accessible yeah so the epidemic is wider yeah than it would be just for rich people like there's different types of things that you can get but even all the way down to the like nail color eye color things like that it infects and slowly deteriorates them faster but the ones that spent all that money up front are getting affected faster somehow so let's let's talk about the first weird shit that happens with somebody 30 years later like what is the first thing that happens that they try to fucking put a lid on the the corporation that that runs this scientific research i think it's got to be um one of the first people that had the uh treatment right you know the test subjects the first event is maybe a newscaster and it happens live okay well no because that would be the that would divulge everything I think it needs, like, again, we need to have isolated, isolated cases until it, it becomes an epidemic. Because that buildup is what's always interesting to me. Whenever I watch a zombie movie, it's always how it happens and starts. Yeah. That is the most interesting to me. So if we have isolated cases where some fucking creepy-ass body horror-style fucking uh, whatever happens, you know what I mean? And it, it, like, attacks and, like, a person, like, swallows their family into their body. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Like something like that would be really interesting, I think. Yeah, I'm thinking along the lines of, like I said, one of the first handful of subjects, maybe they've uh, moved and they live across the states, different areas. Right. And they start around the same time, start de-evolving or mutating or whatever. Right. Uh, Like, I don't know what it would be, like the problems with their skin or whatever, like we were saying. They go to the doctors and they're in the hospital, in the ER, and nobody knows what the fuck is going on because... Uh, this the stem cells, you know, process is so common they don't associate it with what's going on with the person, so they have to put the people in quarantine maybe or something. And if you want some sort of like what you're saying, like eating of their family, maybe there is some eating of the family because maybe somebody like didn't want to go to the hospital because they didn't think anything was wrong. Maybe somebody in the hospital like you know devours a nurse or something. I just I picture in my mind like a child or a wife going to hug her husband and she somehow like sinks into him. Oh, like his flesh like kind of like It like starts to digest her in a way and she's screaming kind of like trying to get away and her skin is like sticking to him, melding into him. They end up, you know, I don't know how we would do that. Maybe it would be a kid like an older kid 
and that happens. She gives her da- her dad a hug, and that happens. And the wife calls the scientists to like, "What the hell's going on? Something's wrong." You know what I mean? Because they're supposed to check in. Yeah, there, there could be a. I already can kind of see a scene going on, like maybe <clears throat> something along the lines of like, we don't know that the child was devoured or, or absorbed into the flesh. Okay. But like, let's say a neighbor hears a gunshot. And they call the cops. The cops show up, bust in the house, and they find all this blood, and they find that weird mass, and they find out that like the husband had shot their head off, because they went to hug the kid, absorb the kid, and couldn't believe that they did it, so they killed themselves. So I don't want to say like a cop procedural type thing, but it might spur off the thing by seeing the corpse of someone who is mutated and killed themselves. I almost, I mean, that's cool. I like the psychological aspect of it, but I kind of feel like. It'd be cool to just be graphic. Oh yeah, like part, like, uh, uh, like John half Carver's of her, th- like she tries to get away and pushes away. Her arms get chopped off and her legs get chopped off. So she's just like a mangled corpse on the oh, ground. Yeah. Like that's what I picture in my mind. How we wrap it up, or if you guys like that, that's another story. That's cool too. I just like that a little bit more. Like it's a like a serious event happens because it's got to kind of be. Something off the bat, like, really good. And maybe we could do the whole stem cell research and literally, like, news clips in the beginning of the movie. Right. So it's fast forward 30 years later, and they're just doing news articles about how this certain thing goes forward. And then you start to find out that there was an anomaly by his other peers. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then one of the first kills is the fucking fathers, like, like they're having dinner time with their family or something like that, and they're watching TV afterwards, and like she goes to hug her dad, and her body starts to sink into him, and then she gets ripped in half, and her arms get cut off, and she's just like freaking out, and then like her body starts to kind of twitch and convulse. I just like that whole blob-esque kind of feel thing oh, to yeah. it. No, I like it. Yeah. And then maybe later, we'll, you, you, towards the end, you work out the science. Too. Sure. Uh, so the first kill would be that. Yeah, the dad. The dad. Okay, so how does that person... He's the person that they operated on or did their stem cell research when he was a kid. And he's grown up to have a family. So he was one of the first test patients that had cancer. Okay. Like a really bad and like brain cancer or something like that. Oh, and maybe since he had kids, he killed one. Maybe he has another kid, and he passed on the genes to that kid who now has the same thing that he has. Right. Like they somehow are connected in some way. Yeah. So what happens when, when he kills his kid? Or when he swallows? He doesn't do it on purpose, obviously. I think he's so fucked up in the brain that he kills himself. Okay. I want to, I want to see him stick a shot. So his, his, just, his, his weird blob-esque body... Just slops on the ground after he shoots himself. Something like that. I, I just see him, like, consuming his daughter, not wanting to do it, but he just does it out of instinct. Okay. And then he's so fucked up after the fact that he finds a way to kill himself. I, I picture his blob just, like, slapping on the ground after he shoots himself. Yeah, I, I picture, like, he consumes her, and he's, like, all crying, all fucked up. And maybe he's already mutating, and he's these big, slimy, like tentacle fucked up arms and he's like leaving fumbling. a trail of like black shit behind him yeah he's like fumbling with a 12 gauge shotgun trying to put it in his mouth yeah he doesn't really have appendages anymore yeah he's just trying his best and he shoots like half, oops shoots off like half his head or something right I think about and uh, his wife screams and that's when the scientists show up yeah I keep thinking like a cross between Slither and John Carpenter's The Thing 
Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Totally. I don't know about Slither, but thing, the thing, definitely. Okay. The cops would be called. The cops would be like, what the fuck is going on? This is gross. And like, oh, by the way, we have other calls from other weird things. Fuck, what this, what's going on? What's the connection with these people? Oh, they all had stem cell research. They're all part of the original project. Who's the guy behind the project? Get him on the phone. Well, that's eventually you find that out kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But eventually they bring in the scientist and he starts working on it. Uh, I don't know where we go from there, though. They take the kid. Maybe the kid's like the golden one. Oh, yeah. That can control his body. Well, that seems like it could work. Okay, so what, what is another event that happens? So now now we found out that this, this is a thing. Now we got to spread it a little bit more. So now it's becoming more frequent. I could just see that uh, the events are escalating. And they bring people in uh, with the scientist guy into like a... Maybe a government facility or something to study these people to see what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. While it's it's turning into like this epidemic where more people and more people and more people. Is there something that will uh, expedite the process? Possibly, possibly. It's... Do you know what I mean? Something there's got to be something that causes it uh, for even like people that are just getting little mild things done to speed up the process. Yeah, it could be something silly like. Um, I mean, I'm just spitballing, but it could be something like climate. Maybe they try to, like, put something in the food or the water to try to stop it, to curb it, but it ends up causing it to be worse. Yeah, that could be cool. And it makes it, like, way, way worse until it becomes, like, a sudden epidemic where people are just morphing and changing, like a pimp's on the corner with his fucking hookers, and, like, some guy doesn't pay him, and then, like, gets into an argument, and then, like his voice changes and he's like running down the street after him morphing kind of as he's chasing after the guy. Like I want blob people all over the fucking place. You know what I mean? Like this crazy fucking, I don't mean blob, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I see something where like, maybe this is too much the thing, but like where a guy is going to go fight somebody, but rather than punch him, his, his arm splits in half and like an alligator teeth and chomps to the guy's face. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Like, I really like the idea of, like, what Mike was saying, like, how, like, people would combine and create something new. We can get there, though. We're just building it as it goes. That's all. Well, yeah. Yeah, I I got an idea for the ending. It might be too absurd. Okay. Well, actually, it's not absurd. It's it's the kind of ending that if uh, you could get the right company behind it and uh, the right money behind it, it would be fucking badass. Okay. And it kind of works with what he was saying. Okay. Um. But, like, what if these blobs had the ability to, like, form together? Right. Like we're saying. Sure. But you get two or three, four or five, six or seven, and the blob creature gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And you could also end it, uh, I don't want to say, like, Cloverfield, but you could have this massive blobby mass, like, <laughs> going down New York City, destroying buildings. I think I think it would be good to have large masses like that, but if it goes too big, it's too hokey. It is, but you know what I mean. It is it is very hokey. Like, but and I also don't want it to be blobs per se. I want it to be. I feel like it should have eight legs. You know what I mean? But oh yeah, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't necessarily make a blob, but it can do stuff almost like a blob and reach out. Yeah, I was just thinking like, because it, it it's it's playing out like a, a a body horror monster movie. Absolutely, and I'm cool with that. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, how do you up the scale? And this is like taking people and meshing them together and creatures that basically form this primordial ooze that can morph and change into whatever they want. And they lose their selves, their independence, and just become creatures. 
Do you know what I mean? They're not taken over by an outside source because if they do that, then it's the thing. It's an alien. Like, I know we were kind of going that way, but then I realized, like, oh, shit. Right. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Well, that's where I think I like like Mike's idea, where he said... I like what he was saying, too, yeah. Like, once the two combined, whatever they were at the time of transformation is what they are. Whether it be half lizard, half bird, now they're a lizard bird creature. And that's all they are. All right. I mean, if you want to do that. I I just like the blobby thing. I thought we were... Right. Right. No, it wouldn't be like, like I exact... don't want it to be birds or lizards. Like yeah, I, I was just using that as an example. Sure, but you know right. what I mean. It, oh, it yeah. would have traits, not necessarily look like them. Like okay. it would have reptilian traits or sure, whatever. I don't care. It could be a, a, a amalgamide amalgam of things. amalgamation. You mean? Yeah, amalgamation of like everything. If that's how you, I think that's the correct word. Yeah, I'm but I want it to be more dumb. black and oozy. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? No, like in my sure. mind, that's how I picture it because I wanted to discolor the skin that they are, and mesh them together so that they start to become this dark kind of black, oozing, black shit coming out of their mouths, like almost like they're possessed, but they're like not. They're just they're just evolving. Do you know right. what I mean? They're just having primal instincts that they don't realize how to control. Like I think too about the uh, dude at the end of uh, RoboCop. About Uzi. Remember the guy that, that oh, gets hit a, by the car? Yeah, yeah the toxic yeah. waste dude. Help right. me. Yeah. <laughs> I just see them doing primal shit, like, uh, uh, you know, bashing in someone's face because they feel like it, eating raw meat, rape. And, th- and those are the advanced ones, by the way. There's okay. other ones I would feel like that are still human. They just have almost like uh, the Crazies remake, where okay. they're just like, there's just something kind of disfigured about. There's different layers, different types of these things. There's like, stage five and then there's like stage two stage one there's like all these different stages of these beings oh what uh what sets off the uh the incident maybe it's an it's a a new chemical they're putting in the food for some reason because i would think if it was an existing chemical they would already know that it affects it maybe people that get this stem cell treatment or whatever they get supplies to basically Um, treat themselves and they and they get it you know what i mean it's like part of their Plan their yeah, treatment, like, yeah, like it's a government funded, like, yeah, and they change the chemical in a little bit to try to curb the anomaly. Oh, yeah, and it causes it to blow it out. Yeah, does that make sense? That oh, way, we sure, don't have yeah. to worry about the fucking how they're gonna get the food, you know, and everything because that that way everybody has their regimen thing that they have to do by law to basically take, and it's just something as a health, uh. Certain thing. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so, what? okay. So, the scientist, uh, the first guy kills himself after swallowing his kid. What happens next? Scientists come, like I said, scientists comes in. Uh, they bring the guy. Uh, they start getting people into lab, government facilities, start doing research, trying to figure out what's going on. They just start studying. But I don't know where it goes from that. I have, I don't have any idea. Okay. Does there another? So, we, we, we they try to put this stuff. They find out about this. They put it in the food. What are some other events that happen that, what are some other death kills or stuff? Like what so, stage, different stage people and things like that. Like we're talking about the father. He ki- he thinks he kills his son. He kills himself afterwards, but he's like, like you said, he pulled away. Okay. Maybe he's missing his oh, arms dude. and his legs, but he was born through his, his father's genetic already, you know, fucked up genes. So it's a part of him now. He never got that, gene, you know, stem cell, whatever. <laughs> Like it's already a part of his DNA, and okay. maybe this is 
what allows him to control it. So okay, sure. So they find out that the the kid is alive, and the kid is a kid um like all better now in the laboratory. Like what? Well, let's say they're doing research on him, and he's still missing his arms and the legs. And it comes to a point where he kind of understands it, and you see, like maybe it's not his original arm and leg grow back, but like, like immediately or no, no, like they run tests on him for a while. Okay, and maybe he's just. You know, they're putting him through all this torture. Okay, and, and so he's kind of, in a way, like Akira. Right, exactly. Exactly, okay. yes, yeah. great. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, that, that way he's like the anti-hero, but... Right. You know what I mean? Like, he's standing up for this thing against these scientists that caused them to have this problem, and the scientist somehow sees and befriends this kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of like stranger things in a way or whatever the fuck it is um but yeah like he's akira and so they become friends or something and he has this power to be able to control it and so the scientists are desperately trying to figure it out he escapes uh there's meanwhile there's an epidemic out and they're desperately trying to figure out how he's able to control it but he doesn't want to be staying in the building anymore he wants to escape because they keep prodding him and you know what I mean? And manipulating him and stuff like that. Meanwhile, the scientist is really genuinely trying to take control of him, but the corporation's already taken over. And they're already trying to, like, keep Maybe a he's lid the on one it. that lets him out. Maybe, yeah. That's not a bad idea. Uh, so, what are some things that happen outside that cause a panic? Situations that, like, crazy shit happens. It would have to be, like, a massive, mass event, like the Super Bowl. or Right. Something, something like, like, yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, like where it breaks out or... Right. Because everybody's watching the Super Bowl. It's on TV. Maybe and it's in Times shit... Square or something like that, when yeah. there's fucking the balls dropping. Right. You know what I mean? This is in, like, New York, and he's in some lab in fucking, I don't know, Montauk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, that's good. Okay, so... So they there's an event, a huge event. What kind of event? Do you want to do the New Year's Eve football game? It really doesn't matter. I mean, it's a catalyst, right? Ooh, what if... Okay, so what if, since obviously people are doing this as like a, an aesthetic, so um, maybe it's become accepted in the sports league? Oh, to be genetically altered in order to uh, be a better football player? Right. Okay. And so the football players start morphing and changing at a football event? Well, maybe it's no longer football, or maybe they've changed the rules since everybody's more athletic, and they've made right. it even crazy. They have a new a... sport of some right. sort. I ball, like that. Ball cool. foot. I, I mean, it doesn't have to be anything like crazy. Right. Just something kind of typical and unique. Like they do two different events or so. I don't know what it is. Maybe they wrestle. I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, we don't want to get too much into that. But so they're at this event, and these these athlete, athletes are hyped up on this shit because they got the money to do it, right? People, they're making tons of money now, more than the football players and soccer players and all that shit because people want to see, like, these athletes, like, perform. Right. Um, but it's still illegal in the regular sports event. So, But people like it because it's kind of like, I don't know, it's just more intense. It's like running, man. <laughs> but somehow they these guys start fucking changing, like, bad, and they start fucking grabbing people. And start trying to, like, eat them and shit or whatever the fuck well, it is. Well, if it's football, maybe it's like, you know, the guy comes to sack the fucking quarterback. And well, it wouldn't be football. It would be that, that new sport. Well, whatever it is. Someone collides with another person and they Ooh, morph into something yeah, else. Yeah, that would be cool as shit. He slams into him and then this gelatinous fucking thing just slaps on the ground. 
Do you okay. know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. hit midair and it just like kind of slaps on the ground. Yeah, I see it like uh, like rubbery. Like one of the guys getting sick or something. Right. He's like, Coach, I don't want, I can't play, man. I don't want to. And go they out make there. him I'm, go out anyway. Yeah. He's like, Fuck you, man. Get out there, you pussy. Right. And then he's kind of fucked up and he's like trying to do it, but he kind of can't. That's cool. No, I like that. I just like the idea of them hitting, like you said, Pat, uh, and then just I don't know, seeing them slap on the ground like a jello. Right, but they, there has to be lots of movement in it too. It's right, not, like it's it's changing. It's it's trying to do something, like Bill and Ted's Two Station. <laughs> yeah, kind of, huh? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I remember they slammed but together, but a little more black and like yeah, rotten, like rotten fruit. Oh, right. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so we have the football players running into each other. Do they attack some of the people in the audience? I'm thinking maybe the blob just just starts grabbing anything that's next to him. Okay. So maybe it starts just well, they getting like, bigger and bigger They and have bigger. four legs now, and they're like kind of crawling on the ground, like running all crazy. Well, maybe and it they, starts out slow and then comes into like a full gallop. And then know? they jump into the audience. Like they grab the referee and the medic guys, and they like pull them down and like... And then they start all, like, eight-legged. You know what I mean? They're, like, running in this weird kind of mass. See, I like where this is going because this is, like, totally the perfect marriage between the thing and the blob. Right. Where it's just, like... And then they kind of jump into the audience, and then it just, like, like just slams into a whole bunch of people. You Maybe know it's just, mean? like, a big black splatter, too, that hits, like... Yeah, like, like it, there's... <laughs> yeah. And some people are, like, half-eaten and trying to get away... Like, their body's, like, sawed in half, oh. and they're, like, crawling and trying to scream. And maybe, like, some of that black stuff that it just maybe just, like, splashed on people's faces, just it instantly starts to, like, change them. Well, and then also on top of it, not just the football players, but that's, like, the integral part. Maybe there's some people in the stands, random people, who are all of a sudden starting to get affected. Right. And they just start acting weird. Like, they're rooting for their team, and all of a sudden they get mad at the person next to them. They don't know why. Do you know what I mean? And it escalates into this angry, kind of freaky, creepy thing where he's like saying weird shit to people. He's like, yeah, my fucking team, my fucking, my fucking team, my fucking, you know, like just going nuts. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I kind of like that. Like if there was little instances like that. Yeah, I want to see like, uh, it might be too cheesy, but I see like, you know, that you have like the, uh, uh, I don't know what you call it. You know, you have the area where the bleachers are. They have the back area where the concession stands are. Right. Kind of inside. I want to see, like, a bunch of people running in terror and one of the creatures running back there. And then he backs up to the concession stand and rather than grabbing a hot dog, he grabs the guy behind it and eats him. (laughs) What if he's like that, like, stage one guy? Oh, yeah, it could be. Where he's just standing, yeah, maybe he's just standing in line. Or or maybe... And he starts to, like, he's like, what do you like, sir? And then they just, like, kind of tilts his head sideways. And then, like, grabs the guy over the counter. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Or it could be something stupid. Like, he grabs the guy by the arms, rips his arms off, and throws him in the hot dog roller machine. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I kind of feel like this is a serious tone movie, though. I know, but I just kind of... You know what I mean? I I had that idea. (laughs) Uh, uh, What was I going to say? Okay, so we got some deaths we got some epidemics started there would be other things that are happening obviously how are we going to end this movie does it i i kind of feel like it's this is just my just just is my little spitball i feel like it should be a bad ending like a sad ending like the world's over like fuck it 
Like the uh, all the normal humans that were left that didn't get surgery or whatever. Well, the Akira kid, right? Like he gets out of well, the hospital. He has to be, yeah, he has to be the end all be all to this. Right. And he needs to destroy it. But at that point, there's nothing worth saving anymore. Maybe he tries to stop these things, and it devours him and just kills him. And maybe that's what kills. I kind of think it'd be cool if like he was like trying to help humanity, and then somehow succumbs to their. To his own evolution. Oh, yeah. One of the more advanced staged blob sort of people. Kind of like uh, when you get bit by a zombie. You have so much time before you become full zombie. Well, I don't know about that. I mean more like he actually is fighting against these creatures. Yeah. And they kill him somehow. Oh, okay. Like he's not powerful enough Okay. to control them. Like he gets a leg up on this one creature... But I kind of wanted to. I feel like it should just end poor, like in a bad way, like, like we're all fucked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of like, oh, it's a happy ending. Like, welcome to the new planet. Right. Know? Exactly. Like, well, here we are. Maybe this blob takes over him, and now because he has this power, because he's some generation thing, it kind of takes over his mind, and now he just kind of controls. The blob does. Yeah, like the sort of like bigger blobby guy. <laughs> And I don't want to say blob because it's not a round mass. Like, it's just like limbs. And, like, it's kind of pieced together, like a, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, I, I imagine, like, somebody takes five or six people, sticks them together, and hits the random button. Right, exactly. You know? And it's now working in its own. Yeah, like, like a horse right or order. something. There's like a, there's like a leg for an arm, right. and an arm for a leg. And... But maybe it takes over him and. He can't stop it anymore, and his family gets taken, and it's kind of like, hey, this is the world. The moral of the story is stop fucking with science. <laughs> yeah. No, really, that's that's a that's a common thread in a lot of horror science. Right. I mean, I don't I don't have anything against that necessarily, but what would be the end scene? I, you're gonna hate. Me. I'm gonna go back to the aliens, dog. Like really, like <laughs> like maybe they come back and they're like they finally did it, and they just hit the reset button. It's like let's try it again. What do you mean, hit the reset button? Well, since they're the ones that put us here in the first place. In, in my mind, they're the only one that can destroy it. So maybe they just kind of like nullify it and then start anew. Well, how would you end it, though? Like a spaceship flies over the Earth? It, it, you, you know what I mean? It do, yeah, it'd have to be some kind of dialogue between the aliens because you'd need to know what they were saying. I kind of like it where it would just be a mystery. Mystery is good too. Yeah, like, like said, it, it, you could come up with that on your own mind if you wanted to or not. Right. I've, if you have a, the thing I have a problem with is if a if a spaceship is flying over the Earth, that's some hokey shit. You know what I mean? It kind of, like maybe you could throw hints at that. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. Like you can piece back what the anomaly was and where they got this stem cell research from, in the story. That they actually got it from some fucking being that they found, and it really wasn't stem cell research at all. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, that would be better than having some alien pushing buttons in a spaceship going, ha 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 ha, they've gone back. You know, like, that's how I figure it looks like in my head. I mean, I, I got an idea. I got two ideas for an ending, kind of, and one that works with what you're saying. Okay. Like, let's say the kid is being devoured by the uh, creatures, right? Right. And he's dying. Because he's, he's like, fighting against them. Yeah, and he's dying. He's, he totally knows he's dying. <laughs> and he's reaching up, trying to save his life, looking up towards the sky, and he sees a little dot flying across the sky. But well, we don't say what it is or if it's Ooh, a, what if we brought in that comet that you were talking about? Well, it could be a comet or it could be a craft. We don't know. We just... Right. It's ambiguous. See, just, I like that. Okay. 
we just see something going across the sky. And then you could do this. This might be kind of cheesy, but once he dies, you could literally go like, you know, 20 years later. You know, and we, we, we look at the earth 20 years later and all the, you know, cities are in ruin. And there's just these fucking whacked out creatures crawling all over the place. or Surging. Yeah, surging and, you know, undulating and all this fucked up shit. That, that might be too cheesy, but... That might be a bit much. Okay. But, but I, I do like the idea where it kind of alludes to... Do you know what I mean? Something. Like, you could have the news report going off, like, talking about the epidemic, and then to make matters worse, there's a fucking asteroid headed this way, and it stops right at the Earth. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, like, the asteroid's going like this, this... It's, like, ready to crash into the planet. And and it just stops. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I like that. I like that because, see, then you're not getting too hokey. Right. It leaves it to the imagination. Do you see what I'm saying? But you need to see the craft. You need to see it. Like, I think, anyways. I don't think you need to see it. I think it just needs to stop. And then it just sits there. And then it, and then the credits. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking, like, if, if he's pointing at the sky or reaching towards the sky and you see the dot... You could have it change to trajectory. That oh yeah, that too. But or just stop at least, like yeah. whatever. Like, <clears throat> like you could hear the news reports like going off about oh my god to make matters worse. Like there's there's savage there's savagery in the streets. We're trying to do everything that we can. Oh yeah, I can see. So there's a comet uh, headed towards this planet right now. We don't know if it's on our course. Scientists are saying that it's directly headed towards us. There's panic. We don't know what to do. This couldn't come at a worse time. And then it just stops right there, almost like kind of like Fifth Element. It just stops in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's this mass, and you don't know what it is. And it just stops, and he reaches up as it stops, and it just like a flash of white light. And that's it. That could be cool. It just leaves it open to your imagination. Yeah, I like that. I really do, actually. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, No, I like any time that anything leaves is like left up to you to decide. Right. I like that, too, because then it's like... Then you're not trying to force feed someone your idea. Right. You know what I mean? That's why I think when you get too sciencey sometimes, it's not the science that people want to hear. Right. They don't want to see that. So you just leave it open. So all right, now so now that we came up with pretty much the story, which I, I kinda like this. I think it could be expanded on, obviously, but we don't have an entire four hours to do this. What do you think the tagline of this test tube movie should be? That's tough. Three steps forward, two steps back. When men think they're gods or something, you know what I mean? Like, you know, something fucking. Oh, yeah. When men think they're gods, they realize who God truly is. Exactly. Something, but something nicer and neater. De evolution is real. Neater. Neat. (laughs) Huh? I said de evolution is real. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The evolution of mankind has just begun or something like that. That's oh, pretty yeah. generic. That could work. But yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be good. It needs to be kind of cheesy and right. like, like most of the taglines you read are horrible, dude. Oh, like, <laughs> some of them are good, but most are bad. Yeah, some of them, but you don't f with science. Yeah, <laughs> evolution, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Why would just take your saying, tagline? The, what was the early one you had? Uh, the evolution of mankind has just begun. Right. That's that totally works. It works. That, that's that's like. Um, it God. leaves it open, so people are like, "What is that about?" Right. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, what's his name's um, uh, uh, Dean Devlin and Ronald Emmerich. 
Oh, I know what you're talking that, that about. That sounds like one of their taglines. Sure. And that kind of makes sense based on the type of film that it is. Uh, the the thing that's like crossing my mind now is how the fuck am I going to make a cover for this? <laughs> I imagine like a city in the background and all these undulating blobs like sure. crawling, crawling like, forward. I am not that good at Photoshop. <laughs> uh, you're pretty damn good, though, I'd say. <laughs> I, I'm going to try to figure out some way to convey that message. Or you could just have some, make it simple. Just a test tube. Tipped over, cracked with like a bunch of ooze coming out of it. It's got to be something a little more. I'll figure it out. But yeah, right, good job, guys. I think we figured it out. It's a long walk for a short drink of water. But... <laughs> it was it was good, though. It worked out. And that's it for Grave Plots, guys. If you guys have any other uh, ideas for Grave Plots, uh, you know, please send them over to us, some movie titles, and we'll try to come up and uh, pick one of yours, and maybe we're going to do a contest here soon, so... Uh, we do have a couple of entries already. We don't know when we're going to do the contest and, w- and what you will win, but we're going to try to pick up something new for you guys, you know, for the future that you can uh, have. Maybe we'll pick up something like... It'll definitely be special. So, but yeah, if you got a good one, just ta- hashtag Grave Plots and uh, tell us your movie title. You can send that to us on any of our social media or anything like that. But now we're going to go ahead and step into our flesh... And potatoes. Okay, guys, we're going to be doing uh, the flesh and potatoes segment, which is Love Sucks. Mm, it does if you're getting ahead. <laughs> bad joke, bad joke, bad joke. So Love Sucks is essentially movies that we felt were within the realm of love and horror. Some sort of mix between the two. Not necessarily romantic comedy horrors or romantic horror comedies or romantic horror plot. Rom rom com com rom roms. <laughs> Just something that had a, a strong element of love. And so we're going to start this off with the first movie, a film from Australia called The Loved Ones Ah. that came out in 2009. And it was directed by Sean Byrne, and it was also written by him. He hasn't really done too, too many other things as of yet, but this is kind of a large entry into the Torture Revenge flicks i would say that i think is definitely worth the watch yeah you could definitely give eli roth a run for his money (laughs) i yeah i would definitely say so but he's just kind of pumping them out these days you know what i mean i don't know like i don't mean to put keep picking on eli but yeah i I know what you mean but when i think of torture porn modern torture porn eli's the guy i go to but this definitely was like i could see it had its moments, and there's a few scenes that are badass in it. Definitely. To give you guys an idea of what the uh, movie is about, when Brent turns down his classmate Lola's invitation to prom, she concocts a wildly violent plan for revenge. Stars Xavier Samuel, Robin McLeavy, who is the crazy bitch, and Victoria Thane, who plays Xavier Samuel's girlfriend. But those are the main cast, and there was also a father character. But what did you guys think about this movie? Like, what do you have to say? No, I haven't seen too, too many torture revenge movies, but I really, really liked this one. Um, I I thought everybody was on par. 
I really enjoyed, uh, what's the girl's name, the main antagonist? The blonde one with the mole? No, no, no. Are you talking about, oh, the... Oh, antagonist. The crazy brunette. Yeah, the the brunette. Oh, her name's Robin McLeavy. She plays Lola. Yeah, oh, she's just amazing, dude. Yeah, she does a really good job. Oh, yeah. I'd like to see her in some more films like that. Maybe not like that, but, you know. There's been critics that said that she played one of the, like, best villains of all time. Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but she did a really great performance. Yeah. I could see maybe saying that based on, you know, based on her age and stuff like that. Right. You know, I mean, she, for, for well, I think uh, she's older than she seems in the movie. Oh, it, it could be. I mean, yeah. but I, I didn't see her as being, I mean, I don't want to say old, but, you know, right. she she perceived it to be like maybe 24, 25 and to do what she did at well, that age. Well, she's actually 35 years of age. Holy crap, holy. Yeah. Wow. And she yeah. played a teenager. She's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if you think about that, that's pretty crazy. I kind of felt like she was older anyway, but no, she did a really good job. Yeah, I mean, she looked the part. I mean, it, it wasn't to the point where I was like, yeah, you sure? You know? Right. And and the cool thing about this movie is is that it does some different stuff in it with torture that I haven't seen, and they really fuck with you. It's like when they're about to do something in the movie... They like stall it for a second, so that tension's still lingering in the oh, air. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah I yeah. I don't want to like completely ruin it, but there's a scene where they're like using a drill on somebody. What they do is they stall like three times while they're doing it, and it's like fuck, dude. Like <laughs> just drill or don't drill. Like what the fuck is going on right now? Maybe um, like BP up in here. Right, dude, it was crazy. Drill, baby, drill. <laughs> drill, baby, drill. Yeah, it was, I don't know. There was some pretty intense parts. There's some pretty demented shit in this movie uh, between the crazy girl, Victoria, and her father, which I didn't, or no, I'm sorry, not Victoria, Robin. But uh, yeah, it, it drove me kind of crazy. Like, I was like, ooh. It's like, I know that they were just father and daughter in, like, the movie, Right, but they did such a good job. It just made me feel wrong. <laughs> like, I need to go take a shower. Yeah, <laughs> I have an awkward boner. <laughs> well, there's that whole scene where she's like undressing, and she's he's like, "I got you a dress." I know, like the, the movie up, like the movie up to that point, I wasn't really into because I was like, "Eh, I don't," you know. There was some sex that was okay, but then once I saw her putting on her dress. I was and her dad was watching. I'm like, this movie might be kind of fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I better pay attention. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, do you guys have any other points about the movie that you wanted to bring up? Like something that you really enjoyed about the film? You're a big fan of the film, though, right? Yeah, Patrick? yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. The father and daughter relationship was just fucking really good. And I love the opening scene when you first come into her room, and you kind of get an idea who she is when you see all her her Barbies and all these different action figures right. like, committing all these sexual acts. Like, she right. got some, like, positioned all weird. And they have that one song that's probably one of your favorite songs Am in the world. I not pretty enough? <laughs> <laughs> that fucking song we've been singing it in our heads all goddamn night. It's going to be one of those things that's just never going to go away. Right. Fuck me. Anyway, the soundtrack's kind of, like, young. Right. On purpose. There's some Metallica uh, in there. It's kind of cool. Is there? Yeah. Well, when they change the stations in the very beginning? No, when you see him later in his room, I believe he's listening. No, he's not, actually. He's not listening to Metallica, but he, you could tell he's a Metallica fan. Yeah, he's got a Metallica shirt, and there may be a Metallica poster. Yeah. And it was, like, uh, faux Metallica that he was listening to. Yeah, it was definitely faux Metallica. Yeah, like, because it sounds they like Metallica, it. but, yeah, it's not. They couldn't afford the <laughs> fucking rights for it, probably. Right. 
I mean, they made this movie in four weeks. Which is, for what they did, astounding. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Like, that means that these people did some outstanding performances. Yeah. And there was a great, a pretty decent amount of gore in this. I mean, I would say. Like, there's some pretty unyielding parts. I think there's one part where it's genital torture, almost. But it's oh, more psychological. Yeah. Well, go ahead. You can talk about it. Oh yeah, there's a there's a sequence in the film where this the, this guy gets captured by this uh, uh, husband and daughter, and uh, they got him strapped to a chair, and they're already torturing the guy. And I think this is where they already nailed the steak knives to his feet. I think you're right. Okay. Anyways, the guy mentions that he needs to go to the bathroom, and the chick pulls out his like junk and grabs a cup. This is before that, by the way. Oh yeah, it is before that because he kicks her. Oh okay, you're right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Anyway, so she pulls out his junk and sticks his his uh, his his dick in this cup, and which you don't see for yeah, you don't see because obviously that would be that would yeah. that'd be on red tube. But uh, <laughs> anyway, she tells him that she he has to pee. You need to pee in this cup. You have ten seconds, and she starts counting down, and she says like, if you don't do it, you know my dad is gonna nail your dick to the chair, pretty much. Yeah, and he's all watching and he's jealous. Yeah, the dad is all jealous because he wants to fuck his daughter. Yeah, because it kind of go. It doesn't. They don't say that they have sex, but it definitely like leans in that direction. I don't think they did. I think they realized that they love each other in the movie. Yeah, sexually. Well, I don't think they ever had sex though. Well, dude, w- when the scene where he uh, he buys his daughter the dress and he she puts it on and it shows a shot of the dad like looking at her ass and he's like. The look on his face is like, hell yeah, look at that ass. Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like it's the whole time he's just been trying to make her happy, and they discover that they love each other and that he was the prince the whole time. <laughs> it could be. I, I, I saw I saw it as like a weird like sexual relationship between father and daughter. I mean, it definitely could be that, but I, re- I just don't. Nothing I saw made me believe that they had. Oh. It all seems so innocent in nature, like for that kind of thing. Okay. Because he was so bashful that he would even think that. Right. Why would he be bashful if they'd already banged? You mean the husband? The dad. Or the dad. Right. That that's a good point. <clears throat> I mean, why would he be bashful? He'd be like, "Yeah, let me uh, let me fuck your butt," <laughs> or like whatever. You know what, what I mean? What? Let like, me fuck your butt. He wouldn't be. He was just really bashful, and it was kind of innocent, you know, and a real fucked up. I fuck my daughter. Want to fuck my daughter since? <laughs> but yeah, that uh, the scene with the pissing in the cup and uh, him looking at her ass when she puts on the dress. Right. I think. I mean, outside of the gore scenes, those are my two favorite scenes because uh, they're pretty extreme, and I don't think I've really seen that stuff in film before. Right. You know, and and whenever I see a movie do something that's really extreme that I've never seen. It really works for me. It's very psychological. Like it, it's not. I mean, it does have a, like a lot of gore. Oh, well, I don't want to say a lot, but it has a good amount. Yeah, it has a, a a good amount, but it's psychologically kind of just demented. It's demented shit. <clears throat> so it just makes you go, "What the fuck?" So, but I, I just I think we picked this one because she's obsessed with love and trying to find her one true love. And she does so by capturing and torturing her boyfriends because they don't love her. And if the one that does love her, she won't torture him. Uh, I think that's what I got from that. Do you think it's more like around the lines, like, first she tries to attempt you as a normal human being and be like, do you want to go on a date? Right. They say no. Being all innocent. Right. Right. Which is kind of fucked up because it's like, first of all, you're being fake. You're not being who you really are. 
and just because they don't like you now. You know what I mean? Right. They don't like the fake persona that you're putting out there. And she's just crazy, but it, you know, obviously it doesn't have to be rational because she's fucking murdering people <laughs> or uh, torturing them, not even murdering them, just fucking straight up fucking torturing them. Right. So, um, but yeah, I really like the movie. I do like the movie. I'm definitely going to, after watching it again, I'm like, I got to go out and buy this. So I'm definitely going to pick it up on Blu-ray. So now, yeah, do you guys have anything else to add? Uh, no, do we do favorite scenes already? Yeah, that's good. Pretty much. I mean, I don't want to ruin anything for anybody right. too, too much. I just, well, the drill scene is my favorite and the end scene, which I can't say. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to divulge too much information, but probably one of my favorite scenes is where you, she kind of reveals that there's a, a cellar in the living room. Right. And you find out what's, I'm not going to say what's in the cellar, but right. it was definitely one of those points. The movie was like, yes. Yeah, there was a lot of layers to this movie. A lot more than just straight up torture revenge right so at, at least well i don't know not maybe not for me like i i i wasn't really big into the film as a whole mm-hmm. um i wasn't I, the first time i saw it but the second time i did i actually it, it, that could be the case maybe you see yeah. it again i mean watching it for the first time i'd say if you're into uh gore and torture porn this would be a film for you but if you're not then don't bother right but that's but then again i saw it once it's a little more psychological than just torture porn though but I saw I saw it as just like a, the film was just a, a delivery system for the gore and the torture, right? Because that's all I really took away from it. Well, and the acting. Well, the acting was good. Yeah. Although the 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 dad was kind of like he was kind of iffy for me. See, right. I liked him because he had that like a backwoods feel kind of to him. Like he was part of the fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre family or some shit. I saw a little of that, but I think I think I didn't know sometimes with his uh, expressions and. You know, way he would look at things, it was almost like I didn't know if the director was trying to make it funny or not. So I was like, should I be laughing? Should I not be laughing? Right. I think I, it's a dark humor movie. That could be the case. In some cases, <clears throat> because the way she was just so casually talking about, oh, this one pissed himself. <laughs> and then they start making those weird faces. And then she's like, this is the one that got away. <laughs> you know, so that like, could be the case then. I just didn't know if it was supposed to be dark humor or what. I think it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. I think it delivered that uh, pretty well. I know, again, for me, after some of the movies I've seen that you haven't seen, which we are probably going to have to do a torture revenge episode. Oh, for sure. I'm down. And we'll probably have like seven volumes of that. You know what I mean? In the end. But yeah, there's another movie that we did watch. I think fell into the category of Love Sucks. And, it, you know, it's not exactly the most horror-styled movie. They consider it, uh, what do they call it, a comma, or tragic comma horridy. That's what they call it, because it's like a tragic comedy with horror elements. Oh, yeah. But it I does mean. have some fucking gore in it, man, like a motherfucker. Like, I was like, damn, <laughs> there's one scene in particular in this movie that just caught me the fuck off guard. And I was like, God damn, man. I like, I was like cracking up. But this movie came out. It's called Horns. Which is, it's a really cool film. I dig on it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, I ended up buying it. As soon as I saw it, I was like, mine. Uh, <laughs> but it came out in 2013. It's actually based off Joe Hill's novel called Horns, who, if you're not sure who he is, he is Joseph Hilson King who is Stephen King's son. And he's written many novels. 
to try to, you know, his pen name is Joe Hill. Yeah, the other thing I heard too is like, don't quote me, but I, I think I heard that uh, Joe Hill's publishers didn't know he was Stephen King's king for like uh, Stephen King's kid for, for quite like maybe a while, five years or something. Hey, good, good on him. Yeah, he was able to establish himself without having to use his father as some sort of propping device. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm sure his dad was like, "Oh, I can put him in a good word." He's like, "No, dad, <laughs> I'm going to earn this." I don't blame him. Uh, also, another really interesting thing about this movie is that Alexander Aha, who we've talked about before, he's the director of the Hills Have Eyes remake, Mirrors, High Tension, all really good kind of like, kind of gory, freaky horror movies. You know, yeah. lots of, a lot of torture revenge elements in it, especially with High Tension and uh, the Hills Have Eyes. But Mirrors is definitely a little more of a supernatural approach. Which I thought was pretty unique, by the way. Um, but this movie stars uh, quite a few characters. Daniel Radcliffe, for one. Harry Potter, a.k.a. Uh, he pulls out his wand in this one. Oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Swings it around. Yeah. Sticks it into someone. Oh, never mind. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much he is one of the only main actors that I can think of that really plays a big part in this. Although his father is a pretty well-known actor. The guy that plays his father, I mean. Oh, yeah. James Remar. Uh, he plays Derek Parrish, who is uh, Iggy Parrish, which is Daniel Radcliffe. But to give you guys kind of an idea what this story is, if you haven't seen it or heard of it, in an aftermath of his girlfriend's mysterious death, a young man awakens to find strange horns sprouting from his temples. So he kind of looks like a devil. Some of the things that happen because of this is actually really funny. Like, I th I laughed out loud kind of thing. Did you? Oh, yeah, yeah. There was definitely some parts that I was just, I just busted up laughing. Yeah, it's a dark comedy. It really is. Yeah. But it's got like a Fable-esque sort of style. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Some yeah. people were turned off by this movie because of some of the uh, religious elements in it. And I think specifically it, it was the, there was a part where they were dealing with, um, uh, same sex, sex, <laughs> same sex, sex, same sex, sex. Yeah. But no, they, uh, there was a part where these two guys, he convinces them to have sex together. And he says, essentially what he's saying is, is that it's against God. Right. And that he was the devil. So if he's telling them that it's okay, then technically God doesn't approve of it, which, you know, the Bible but really, it's like it's not trying to be preachy here, guys. It's like it, a weird comparison of yeah. like religion. Yeah, it's it's like a uh, <laughs> it's like a form of satire in a way. Yeah, it's very satirical. Yeah, one of the main things that happens to this character, if you guys don't know, and I don't really think I'm ruining anything by saying this, is he basically grows these horns. There, everybody's accusing him of killing his his Girl, girlfriend. Yeah, as long his like his love of his life, who they've had this most amazing relationship. And it starts off where his whole life is turned upside down because everybody thinks he... Because he was like one of the last people. They saw them in an argument and they think that he killed her. And so he was drunk as shit, so he doesn't really know. And he said some things to the cops because he was like, man, I should have been there with her. This is all my fault. And they took it as, well, well you killed her. Right. But he starts growing these horns and because of it, people start telling their innermost secrets to him. And the and it's like asking him for permission to do it, 
which is fucking amazing because the hilarity of this whole fucking movie is just seeing people divulge all these fucked up things that they want to do <laughs> and how they deliver it when he says okay or not. Right. Like I think one of the funniest things to me was when he was in the, the doctor's office. <laughs> that whole oh. scene is just so amazing. <laughs> There's like a screaming kid like screaming and just slamming a toy on the ground like over and over for like two minutes and you're just like jesus christ somebody shut that up and it's like bloody murder scream it's right it's like, really bad it's, it's like bad. she's really like pissed off or something and then the lady leans over to him that the mom and she's like you know sometimes i just want to kick her right in the ass <laughs> and he was and she was like do you think that'd be okay and he's like no <laughs> why would you ask me that you know and then he goes and talks to the reception lady and she's like you know I feel like I should tell that mother to, to fucking control her child. What do you think? Do you think I should? And he was like, yeah, sure. And then she's like, excuse me, bitch. Like, you know, <laughs> maybe you should take your fucking child outside before all of us have to fucking endure her fucking screaming. But I don't know. It's just cool that he's like the devil, technically. And he's able to bring that out in people. And I love the comedy in this. And like to see Alexander Aha do this, it's weird. But it fit. It totally did. I mean, he based it off of Joe Hill's book. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. Right. I don't know. What do you guys think? Oh, I really enjoyed the movie. I mean, there is a lot of symbolism in it, I guess. But, yeah. Uh, the religious tones. Right. You just got to look past that. Yeah, I just enjoy look at it the as film a story. For what it is. Yeah. Right. Like, um, don't, don't think it's preachy, guys. It's just a fucking story. Like, it doesn't mean you have to believe in God or not believe in God. Just yeah. watch the fucking movie. For sure. Um, do you have any favorite scenes? Uh, I'm trying to think of one that maybe. Like, I, know one, I don't want to say any of the really good ones because it's half the, like. Yeah, the you movie. don't want to like, show the end. Right. Well, the end. Yeah, whatever. But <laughs> I think probably one of my is when when it first happens when he wakes up and he's like, "Do you see? Do you notice anything different about she's me?" She's like, "Oh, the the horns, the little horns." She puts her, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's like, "Do you think I can eat a donut?" Yeah, that, that part. That's what my favorite is. Like, do you think I could eat a donut? And then she counts the donuts. She's like, you think I could eat six donuts? <laughs> He's like, yeah, go ahead, pick out. And then she's like, my stomach hurts. Why did I do that? <laughs> what about you, Mike? It's actually really cool. It's, it's it's kind of this weird, kind of quirky, kind of small, low-budget horror film with Danny Radcliffe in it. And uh, it's... That's a pretty decent cast, too. It, so. it is, I know. But it, it's just not something you'd expect. Right. And then, I mean, I, I I knew Joe Hill was working on it. I never, I haven't read his novel, but I watched the film since production because I was looking forward to it. And once I saw it, I was like, this is fun. It's a lot of fun. Right. Um, Do you have a favorite scene or anything? Oh, yeah, were the reporters. Oh, yeah, they yeah. duke it out. Yeah, that's the coolest part. I forget the verbiage, but he's like... Hey, you guys fight each other, and then if you know whoever wins, they're like, "Give us an exclusive interview. I need this for my job." Like they're all divulging why they're trying to interview him. He's like, "How about you guys just duke it out, and whoever wins, I'll give them an exclusive interview to." And I love how just instantaneous it is. It's just like soon as they hear, just like clocked in the face. <laughs> yeah, like the boom mic guys, the camera guys, like the the the, the fucking yeah, the news reporter. And then he's like, "I'm out of here." He's laughing and <laughs> right. shit. I don't know. That was a, that's a cool scene because yeah. that's where he kind of like I don't remember exactly, but I, I think that's where he started truly realizing his powers. Right. Well, right. he had a good day that day because. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I I I, I want to ruin this specific death scene, but there is, 
a scene where someone gets shot in the face and their head explodes. Oh, I was like in gore heaven dude, that when that happened. So amazing, it dude. looked so good. <laughs> I seriously was like, it was one of those, I stood up and like, yes! <laughs> if you like that, you're going to like Carnage Park. Oh, uh, okay. Well, thanks for ruining it. I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think that was one of my favorite things in the movie. I mean, the, there's there's a lot of really good writing. Um, it was done well. Oh yeah, I think I think people were being a little too critical of the movie. I don't know why. I understand the whole gay thing, and they're saying that it's like religion says no, like. But I, I just don't take it too seriously. You know what I mean? I think they're making fun of religion a little bit more than they oh, are. Yeah, actually, they totally are. Than they are actually. It's putting, all talking giving it credence. You know yeah. what I mean? So, but in the same respect, it kind of rides that line. So even if someone is religious, they don't necessarily have to hate the movie either. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You can find what you want from it and just find the silly darkness in it. Another one of my favorite things about this movie is that he finds a pitchfork. I'm like, it's yeah. so perfect. Very tropes. <laughs> all the tropes. Yeah. Snakes. Pitchfork. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fire. All, tro- uh, you know, devil tropes. But yeah, no, I, I think it's a really good step for uh, Radcliffe to do. I think a lot of people are probably jumping on this movie and trying to be a part of it. Right. Because it's such a it's such a great idea for a movie. So and it's just a cult film. It's a cult film through and through. Like it's not gonna be your big budget everybody loves it movie, but it's definitely a cult movie. Oh yeah, I totally agree. So there is another movie that we did watch that we feel falls into the love sucks realm and I think it probably fits more in the love sucks realm than probably all three of those all the three or well out of the other two movies we just talked about. And this movie is called Nina Forever. Forever. Yeah, and this one came out in uh, 2015. Uh, it is very, very, very unique in my opinion. It's not a very big budget. But it's definitely one of those films where you've never seen a concept like it. No, I think it. it's very artistic and unique. It doesn't do everything right. And it kind of takes a left turn or a right turn at the kind of at the end because it almost feels like it got backed into a corner and didn't know what to do with itself. Oh, yeah. But I think I think it's still kind of unique, even though it kind of jumps the shark a little bit towards the end. But where do you take it from there? Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like a twist within a twist within a twist. Kinda. Twist section. But one of those the, the end twist isn't really all that gratifying. But you can kind of compare it to things. Essentially, if I wanted to give you guys a breakdown of this, after his girlfriend Nina dies in a car crash, Rob unsuccessfully attempts suicide. As he begins to overcome his grief, he falls in love with a co-worker, Holly. Their relationship is complicated when Nina, unable to find rest in the afterlife, comes back to life to sarcastically torment them whenever they have sex. It's dark. It's like you said. It reminds you of Hellraiser. Oh, yeah. A lot of Hellraiser stuff in there. Yeah, because she comes out of the bed. Yeah, exactly. It's like blood starts surfacing and pooling up while they're having sex. And all of a sudden, fucking Nina's like grabbing people's feet and body parts and just getting blood all over the fucking place while they're banging. <laughs> like, And the one scene where they're, the dude's banging the chick and the hands come right up and grab her boobs. Right. You know? Well, I think they, they had ex- she had accepted it at that point. Uh, I think so. I don't remember 100%, but yeah, I just I just remember that scene. Right. It looked really cool. There's a, there is a lot of dark humor in this. 
gets very dry. Right. It's not, you know, straightforward. Some There was a couple of funny things. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I think there's a scene where they have sex on her grave. Oh, yeah, that she comes out of the grave. And you she's just said like, one of my favorite scenes. And yeah. she's like, she says to her, well, that's kind of rude. Like, the, <laughs> like Nina comes out of the, you know, like, comes up over the fucking tombstone. And the way it looked, that whole scene was just amazing. Yeah, I think there is, it's very artistic, and there is a lot of sex in this, guys. Like, I mean, pretty much 80% of the movie is sex. Right. Like, almost. Like, well, maybe 70, but still, uh, it's a lot. Just the way she, like, uh, moves. Like, since she was in a car accident, like, her bones are broken, and she's kind of just worming around. Right. She did a, an amazing job she to, really to convey that. Uh, to give you guys kind of an idea um, who directed this and who's in this, it's directors Ben Blaine and Chris Blaine, who are obviously related um, but they didn't really do too many things, honestly, before this. Uh, they did a few shorts and TV movies and such, but this is pretty much their first feature film, I would think. They work together exclusively. And some people would think that that's a bad thing. I don't think so. I think two heads better than one. And I like, I don't know. I mean, did they share the camera the same amount? I don't know. Maybe they both just had a vision for this movie and this idea. Right. And just wanted to do it. But I think it's pretty unique. Uh, some of the actors in this movie you may or may not have heard of. These aren't like super famous uh, individuals necessarily. Uh, but they are really good actors. Cian Barry, he plays Rob. Holly is Abigail Hardingham. And Nina, which she doesn't even get top credits here, which I thought was a little weird. And Nina plays Fiona O'Shaughnessy. Uh, which I think she did a really good job. And I've seen interviews with her, and she said that it was really uncomfortable for her or something like that. But she just loved the project idea, and I think it was just really hard on her versus other people. Do you guys have any thoughts on this, on this movie? Like, what did, what did you think? Like, how, how do we describe this to people so that they can understand the the uniqueness about it? It's taking the idea of loss of a loved one whether being breaking up or just losing someone in general mm -hmm. and still living with that, but making it physical. Right. So like, for example, guys, like let's say you've been in a bad relationship or you fell in love with somebody and you had a bad breakup or you, someone left you or maybe they died and you had to deal with the grief and trying to get past that grief by, by seeing other people uh, or just getting back out in the world again and just not giving up. And while you're having sex with somebody, you're automatically thinking of that other person while you're having sex. So it's kind of a very physical thing. This person dies and comes back to life while they're having sex, almost physically resembling the thoughts that you have when you're trying to share an intimate moment with somebody. Right. It's almost like you can't forget them. So it's physically manifested his love or right. his obsession. So I think it's genius in that sense. But it does jump the shark a little bit towards the end and gets a little weird. Oh, yeah, for sure. I want to say right after the scene we were just talking about with the graveyard scene right. is where it kind of started plummeting maybe a little bit. But the, the, the humor in it is pretty fucking great. Like, I think it's it's really dark and unique. And, I mean, some people may be turned off by the sex scenes and stuff like that, but I don't. I didn't really feel like it was distracting at all. No. It wasn't like necessarily just like all about banging. It was more about intimacy. Overall, I really wasn't into it. 
Uh, conception was really cool. It just didn't have like a kind of standard structure that I'm used to. Right. Um, but I'm not going to tell people not to watch it. If you want a quirky kind of weird indie style horror flick that has a unique idea with lots of sex, check it out. Yeah. But you're not going to – it's not Lawrence of Arabia. I kind of went into it and it, it kind of grabbed me right away and it did you too like right off oh, the yeah. bat. Because I remember I called you about something and you were in the middle of watching it and you were like, this must be our jewel. I think this is going to be our jewel, but then it kind of changed at the end, and you, yeah. didn't, you didn't like it too much. For for this, the simple idea of the movie in itself is so unique, and like I said, you've, I've never seen it before, and for that alone, it, it, I think it, it's deserving of being oh, the crown yeah. jewel. I agree. I think it was a, it's a definitely more unique idea than a lot of... Well, I mean, independent films typically do in, uh, pretty unique ideas for the most part. Yeah, that's, right. it, it, and it, given how Hollywood is nowadays, that's only the only place you're going to find those unique ideas right. is in independent film. Because well, Hollywood's not going to do it. Nina Forever is a good, unique, independent idea. They did a lot with a little. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's definitely something where they spent more time writing out the idea and just kind of painting the... Uh, the thought process of someone who's losing somebody. Every time they have sex, you know what I mean, and the, and it gets all bloody, and she comes to you know life or whatever, and they get new sheets every freaking time. Right, it's like a thing. You think they would eventually just put plastic sheeting down? Yeah, that kind of bothered me a little bit. I'm or like, just buy a washing machine, dude. And if there's blood on the bed, it's gonna start smelling and like getting maggots and shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? I would think. I would just have sex on the floor. Or get a new bed. I have sex in the bathroom. Well, you can't get a new bed because this is going to happen again. Well, I would at least, like you said, put a plastic slip cover over the goddamn thing (laughs) and then lay blankets everywhere so that the blood would soak it up. There you go. Or you would soak the blood up. You know what I mean? Like Like, like if she was a squirter. (laughs) You know what? That's really fucked up that you say that, but yeah. Exactly (laughs) like that. Uh, but yeah, no, exactly like that. <laughs> wow. I couldn't believe that. But yeah, guys, I mean, so out of the three movies that we watched, what are your favorites? What What is the number one that you liked out of the three, honestly? Loved Ones. Okay. Uh, number one for me is Horns. Horns, okay. Man, this is tough for me. <laughs> I mean, overall, I think I enjoy Horns more than anything, but I like the ideology and thought process of making some your thoughts physical. So I like Nina forever, and I also do like the loved ones, but if I had to base it all just by a little bit horns for the entertainment value... Just go with your gut. Whatever your gut says. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, They're all separate, three different movies involving love and gore and love and horror. I like them all for their own thing, so it's hard for me to pick a number one. But if I had to pick one, I would probably say horns. Yeah, it's all good, though. I mean, I had fun watching them, so fuck it. Yeah, so, and and for this week, guys, I hope you guys have a happy Valentine's Day if you celebrate it. And if not, don't buy into the bullshit. No, no, I mean, there's people out there that say that it's just a holiday made up so that we could give greeting cards, pretty much. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think it gives me an excuse to do something nice for somebody. So whatever you think. I know for some of you guys out there that aren't necessarily with anybody, don't sweat it. Do something for yourself on Valentine's Day, and don't worry <laughs> about other fucking people. Give yourself a stranger. Yeah. Right. Yeah, sit on your hand for an hour and then <laughs> snap one out. And you can always go to a record store this Valentine's Day, because Marilyn Manson's new album comes out. Oh, yeah. On That's Valentine's right. Day. 
yeah, guys, I hope you guys have a great Valentine's Day with or without somebody. Um, but we'll, we'll see you next week mm. on Monday for ah. a brand new episode. And please keep tuned and follow us on all of our social media, YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, everywhere you can. All the links are below. But we thank you so much for stopping by, and we hope you have a great week. Yeah, you too, man. Yeah, have a good one, guys. See you guys. Later! to Beyond the Veil Horror Podcast. Tune in every Monday for a new episode.